This morning we're going to uh, conclude our study about God the uh, loving Father. And the focus and the theme this morning is going to be that he strengthens us in our time of need. Now it's important because we've been talking about how God comforts us, how God encourages us, and how God plain and simply loves us. But uh, uh, we go through trials in life. And uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go through the trials and the difficulties of, of life, I say, God, where are you? Uh, if you're a loving father and you care about me, why am I going through all this mess? Uh, but the reality of it is, when we, get, uh, when we step back, we begin to realize it's because he loves us we're going through this mess. Because in this world, God wants to strengthen us. He wants us to be, he wants our character to be strong. So we're going to look at the, a passage this morning. We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians. This morning it's going to be uh, chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 1 through uh, 10. And we're going to learn about how God strengthens us in the trials and the difficulties of life. And uh, uh, I think it's Betty. Betty, you're reading for us this morning. So as Betty makes her way to the pulpit, if you're willing and able, would you please stand for the reading of the Word of God? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word Mm. of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. Mm. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Mm. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Mm. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Mm. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Mm. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts mm. so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Mm-hmm. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for those words. They are... uh... Words that they comfort us, they encourage us, but they remind us that uh, in life we're going to have difficulties. There's no two ways about it. But uh, whatever difficulties we go through as your children, you love us as a loving father. Uh, you don't necessarily take them away from us, but uh, better yet, you, uh, you strengthen us through them. So God, as we think about this word uh, that uh, Betty's just read to us, would you take that word and bless our hearts with it and our lives with it? We thank you and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Thank you, Betty. 
I meant to wear my uh, purple wristband this morning. I went off, left it on the bed stand. I'm disappointed about that. Uh, and what that's all about, I went into the hospital on uh, Thursday or Friday. I forget what it was. Uh, and Henry Farrington was going in for uh, surgery for pancreatic cancer. And his daughter had this plastic bag filled with these purple wristbands. Now, the, I didn't realize it. You know that there's a, a, a pink, uh, whatever it is, for breast cancer. And there's, uh, there's different colors for different types of, of cancer in the world is, uh, these days. And the color for pancreatic cancer is purple. So she's got this uh, plastic bag, and she wants people to wear this wristband to remind them to pray for her dad and so forth. So I reach into, the wrist, into this uh, uh, bag, and I pull out on each one of the wristbands, there's a single word. And the single word on the wristband that I pulled out was strength. And I said, I'm going to take that because that's the title of my sermon for Sunday, strength. I said, Lord, what's going on here? Well, what I realized was, as, as I thought about it, and as I was preparing the sermon, was he's going through pancreatic surgery, and they found out that he's got uh, cancer all through his pancreas. And what I can realize right now is that God isn't taking that suffering or that trial away from them, at least not right now. But what God's going to do is he's going to be with them through that trial. And as he goes with them through that trial, he's going to strengthen them in that trial. Now, they're new to, to faith in Jesus, and they're going to need that strength. Now, when you go through trials and when you go through suffering in life, it feels like we're being crushed, and, and like it says in the passage, sometimes we're perplexed. Sometimes it feels like we're being abandoned by God, but that just simply is not true. God is with us, and in these trials and difficulties of life, what he's doing is he's strengthening us through these trials and difficulties of life. So as we think about this passage, verse 1 through 10, uh, Paul's great letter to the, uh, to the Corinthians, I want to think about three specific words that I, that I believe will help, actually four words that I believe will help us this morning, uh, particularly when we're going through the, the trials, the difficulties, and the sufferings in life. So if you have your uh, outline out, the first word that I want you to write down is the word word, interestingly enough, because it's God's word that strengthens us in our time of trials and suffering. God's word. Now, you you all know, uh, probably have memorized John chapter 1, 1. uh, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In John 17, in in, uh, Jesus' great uh, high priestly prayer, he said, Father, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. And the writer of Hebrews chapter 4, he says, uh, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. The word of God is powerful. And what we're going to see in Paul's letter is that the word of God uh, exposes things, exposes darkness. Paul, because uh, of the power of the word of God working in his life, he can see right through a circumstance and see what's going on in the trials and sufferings. And and through God's word, your study of the word of God, uh, you're able to do that as well. And here's what I mean. In verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, let's take a a little reminder of what's going on there, a reminder of what uh, Paul taught us a week or so ago, that God in his mercy, that word mercy reminds us that you and I are not going to get what we deserve. We have sinned against God. We've rebelled against God. We deserve his justice, but he is merciful and compassionate. 
And because of his mercy and compassion, he has punished Jesus on our behalf, resurrected Jesus from the dead, so that he could bring us into this, what he says in the verse, this new way, this new covenant. And this new covenant is called grace. The grace of God, the unconditional love of God. We were under the law of God, condemned by the law of God, but through our faith in Jesus, we are now in this new covenant, this new covenant of grace. And because of that, Paul says in the rest of the verse, we never give up. We don't quit. Even in the trials and the sufferings of life, even when we're perplexed and crushed and burdened, we don't give up. We don't give up because we know of God's grace working in us and through us. Now, in verse 2, it shifts. He says, we reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. Now, a reminder of what's going on here is that Paul, these are his spiritual children. He had led them to faith in Christ. Uh, Other people came in behind him and they poisoned them against Paul. And so those people were rejecting uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, And they were distorting the word of God. But Paul is saying, listen, the the whole devotion of my life is getting the gospel of Jesus Christ into the hearts and lives of as many people as I can before I go home to be with the Lord. And so, therefore, there's no reason for me to distort the word of God. There's no reason for me to back down from the truth of the word of God. He said, so I preach what is true. They're distorting the word. I'm preaching what is true. And then he begins to, because he knows the word of God, he begins to reveal what's going on behind the scenes, which is important for you and me to understand. In verse 3, he says, If the good news, the gospel of Jesus we preach, is, is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. And here's why. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news of the gospel of Jesus. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now listen, we've got to be reminded what's going on behind our trials and our difficulties and our sufferings. When we go through these difficulties in life, it's very easy for us to say, God, why me? What is going on? Have you abandoned me? Well, Paul is saying, I know what's going on behind these characters that have poisoned the minds of people that I love and care for. I know what's going on uh, when I'm suffering. I know what's going on when I'm being thrown in prison. I know what's going on uh, when all of these calamitous things come, come into my life. You can read 2 Corinthians 11 sometime this week, and you'll, he'll give you a whole litmus test of what it is to suffer for the name of Jesus. Well, there's a God of this world that does not want the gospel of Jesus Christ to move forward in the world. And if you are living for Christ, he doesn't want you to move forward in the world. And he's blinding the minds of those around you who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. He's discouraging them. He's trying to keep them from coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior. But as you and I get more and more serious about the gospel of Jesus, as you and I more uh, live in the gospel of Jesus, we're going to experience those trials and that suffering. But what's going to bring us through and comfort us and strengthen us and make us vessels of God's ministry is the power of the Word of God. Because the Word of God exposes it. It it divides the, the, the dividing of joint and marrow, a soul and spirit. We can see through what's going on, know that there's a diabolical thing that's going on behind all things, and we can be encouraged by the power of the Word of God. When our children were growing up, Peggy and I taught them a verse... Uh, the verse was good for, it was one of those verses that covers everything. If you've got to go into sports, or if you've got to take a test, or if you're going through a sickness, whatever it is, it's a great verse, and it goes like this, Isaiah 41.10. It 
So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, that's the word of God. That's the promise of God. And as you and I read the word of God, as you and I memorize the word of God, and as we go through these trials, God uses his word in our lives to to strengthen us, to encourage us, comfort us, but to strengthen us. Now, here's something else when we get more and more serious about the word of God that God will do in us. Uh, Write down the word perspective, would you? Because what happens is we get God's perspective on life. For the last uh, year, well, last year, for about a year, if you remember, we did a study of, of the story, and it's kind of an abridged version of the, of the Bible, putting the Bible in a chronological order, so it's a little, a little more easy for us to understand. And if you remember that study, we talked time and time again about the upper story and the lower story. And the upper story, uh, very briefly, is uh, re- reminding ourselves, that God created all things. He spoke all things into being, and the crowning glory of his creation was the man and the woman. But they chose to sin and rebel against God. And uh, with that sin and rebellion, God decided to love the world and to put into motion his, his uh, plan of redemption that culminates in Jesus Christ, his plan to bring people back to himself. And then the promises, the fourth part of his promises, someday he will redeem this, this creation. It will be a new world, uh, and we will... Be- in glory with God forever. Uh, But the lower story is right where you and I are. The lower story is where we go through life, and it gets confusing at times, and we go through difficulties and disappointments and discouragements and challenges of life. Well, the whole idea is that as we get uh, more familiar with the Word of God, the upper story of God encourages us and it strengthens us in the lower story in the times of trials and disappointments and discouragements. Now, with that in mind, listen to what, what Paul says in verse 5 and 6 to, to the folks that he's writing to. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. Instead, we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, Lord of lords, King of kings. That, that word in Greek is kyrios. He's the, he's the Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Now listen, I want you to hear, uh, before we dig too deeply into that, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 8 and 9. It's on the other side of your paper, right under the word perspective that you just wrote down. And here's what the prophet says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So let's fix that in our minds as we think about what Paul is saying, because he's declaring that Jesus is Lord, and then what he says is, uh, we are servants on your behalf because of the sake of Jesus. Now think about that for a moment. He's writing to people that are insulting him. He's writing to people that are rejecting him. He's writing to people that are uh, humiliating him. Yet he says to them, uh, because of Jesus, we, are your, we apostles are your servants. Now that word servants in Greek is doulos. And what it literally means is to be on the ground and dividing dirt. That's what a servant is in, in the minds of the Greeks and, and, the, and the Israelites as well. That as a servant, he was down in the dirt to serve people that were, that were opposed to him in so many ways. So it's, it's striking. How on earth could he do that? How on earth could he say that? Well, for one thing, many scholars believe that uh, verse 6 is uh, Paul alluding to his own conversion. Listen to what it says. 
For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, that goes back to Genesis chapter 1, that God spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light, and he declared that it was good. But it also represents that the moment a person trusts in Jesus as Lord and Savior, you and I were tohu vabohu, we were chaos, we were darkness, we were in rebellion against God, but when we believed in Jesus, that light shone into our hearts, and we became transformed by that powerful light of Jesus Christ. We became something new. And then he goes on to say, has, this, uh, has made this light in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, you all know the story of uh, the Apostle Paul. And uh, when he's before King Agrippa, he gives his testimony in Acts uh, chapter 26. And it goes like this. Um, he's on the road to Damascus, and you know that he's on this high horse, and suddenly this light, and he's talking about this light that's shining in the darkness, knocks him off his high horse. Now let's remind ourselves of who Paul was when he was Saul. He was very well educated, probably uh, uh, very well to do. He was respected. He had been trained by the, the best scholars of his time, and he was determined that he was going to wipe out the church. But on his road to, the, to Damascus, all of a sudden, this glorious light knocks him off this, his horse. He's knocked to the ground, and he's got a whole different perspective. He's not up here anymore. He's down here. And uh, he says, uh, uh, who are you, Lord? And the Lord responds by saying, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up. Stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you've seen in me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles, and I am sending you to them to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they might receive forgiveness of sin and a place amongst all those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now this powerful man suddenly found himself nose down in the dirt, and he begins to call Jesus Christ Lord, and his life had been turned upside down, and from that moment on, he now was a servant of the Lord Jesus. And as a servant of the Lord Jesus, he was locked up in prison. And when he was in prison in Philippi, after being beaten and sent to prison, what was he doing? He was singing hymns with his buddy Silas. And out of that, the, prison, the, the jailer got saved, his family got saved, and Philippi got a new church. And time and time again, he was beaten and chased out of town or in prison, whatever it was. But time and time again, he gave thanks to God because he was a servant of the Lord Jesus. Now, what on earth is going on? Well, he began to get God's perspective on life. And he began to realize that in life, he was the servant of the Lord Jesus, and as the servant of the Lord Jesus, Jesus had every right to do anything he wanted to do with him. That he could send him on a shipwreck. He could put him in prison. He could, he could have him beaten, whatever it was, and he could say, thank you, Lord, that you've given me this privilege to serve you. And because of that, he was a victor in life. Now, what happens with you and me, unfortunately, is we are the lords of our lives. And as lords of our lives, when the difficulties come into our lives, we say, Lord, why me? How could this possibly be happening to me? Why would you do this to me? I'm so precious. And as the lord of our lives, what happens is uh, we begin to get bitter. We begin to get angry. We begin to get disappointed. And sometimes we even get depressed because we just can't imagine that bad things could happen to such a wonderful person like me. Well, you see, what we're missing is God's perspective on life. <laughs> Can God do that with you? Can God throw you in prison? 
Can he take your house away from you? And can you still praise him if he does do that? Because if you can do that, you're getting God's perspective on life. He owns you. He's your loving father. He's going to see you through whatever it is because you are going to be a vessel for him to do whatever he wants to do with you. That's what's happening in Paul's life. There was a, uh, <clears throat> a missionary that uh, had an opportunity to, to meet uh, a great man by the name of Dawson Trot. Trotson, but Dawson was off in some crazy place, and remote place in the world, and Dawson Trotman started a, a ministry called the, the Navigators. And uh, so somebody was asking him about that great opportunity that this man, this missionary, had to meet Dawson Trotman, and he said, he's such a wonderful man. And he said, what do you remember what, about what he said to you? And the missionary said, I don't remember anything that he said to me. And he said, well, how did he make such a great impression on you? He said, well, I met him. When I met him, he shined my shoes. He said, he shined your shoes? Yeah. He said, that's what impressed me. He acted as though he were a servant of the Lord Jesus. And in fact, he delighted in doing it. You see, what God wants you and me to do is get his perspective on life. So that when the difficulties come into our lives, we know that we are a servant of the Lord Jesus. Instead of getting angry and upset about it, we can thank the Lord Jesus. And when we do that, something else is going to happen. The third part of what I want you to see, the, the last two words I want you to write down, is God's power, right there in your outline. Where's my outline? It's God's power that's going to strengthen your character. The word, I want you to write down that word character, and here's why. My mother uh, used to tell my brothers and I all the time that you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You're not taking anything from this world with you when you die. You're not going to take your laptop. You're not going to take your iPhone. You're not going to take your, uh, your house. You're not, going to take, you're not taking anything except one thing. <laughs> and what you're going to take with you is your character. You see, that's what, God's going to, that's what you're going to take with you to heaven, is who you are, particularly in times of trials and sufferings and the stresses of life. You see, that's very important to God, is your character. Because it's in the trials and the difficulties of life that God gives you the power and through that power to strengthen your character so that you and I, just like the Apostle Paul told us last week, that you and I will become more and more like Jesus. Listen to what he says in verse 7 through 10. We now have this light shining in our hearts, just what he said in verse, uh, verse 6, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. I love that passage. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a powerful picture. We've seen uh, uh, clay jars, and we know how fragile they are. But we also know that inside of a clay jar could be a, 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 magnificent, a magnificent treasure. Now, with that, Paul was very concerned that the people that he was writing to were mistaking the message for the messenger. That they were confusing the message for the messenger. And here's why. In their eyes, they saw Paul as this little runt of a guy when he came to them, he wasn't very good at speaking. <clears throat> Excuse me, he wasn't eloquent at all. He wasn't very forceful. He, they, they felt he, write, he wrote these forceful letters, but when he was with them, they felt like he was timid. That's what, that's what they said. Every time they heard about him when he was away, he was a guy that was being beaten up, or he's a guy that was being imprisoned, or one, thing after, one calamity after another was happening to him. And in their minds, he was nothing but, well, he had an L on his forehead. He was nothing but a loser. So why would they listen to him when they had all these eloquent people that had come into their church since he left? 
So Paul would agree with them. He would say, yes, you're right. I'm not all of these things, but I don't want you to miss the message uh, for the messenger. Because despite all of these calamities that I go through and what I look like and how I talk and how I act and so forth, there's something that's powerful in me, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is alive. It's a light that's shining in me and through me. And despite the fact that I go through the trials and the struggles of life, something is happening that God is doing through me to the world around me. And that's what he's talking about in verse 8 through 10. Listen to this. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, sometimes we're confused, but it never drives us to despair. We are hunted down by others, but we know we'll never be abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. He's saying, yeah, you know, I'm not a very impressive person. And you might, it might be very easy for you to dismiss me as an apostle, But I know in my heart that God has placed this incredible treasure. And this treasure is like a light, and it's shining through me. Now, you might feel in life at times like you're being crushed. You might be confused at times by the difficulties that you're going through. You might feel like you've been abandoned by God. You might feel like you want to give up on God. But it's in those times that God is working most powerfully in your life. It's through the trials and the sufferings and the difficulties of life that God seizes those opportunities to strengthen you and me. And he wants to strengthen you and me and strengthen our character because he doesn't want us to be more like ourselves. He wants us to be more like his son Jesus. And Jesus suffered on our behalf. Now I've got a challenge for you this week. We've talked about the word of God, the perspective of God, and how God wants through that to change the character of our lives. If you look at the bottom of your paper, I'm going to challenge you to memorize a great little verse from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And uh, if you see that at the, uh, at the bottom of your paper there, uh, listen to what it says. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Very simple verse, but it's a very powerful verse, no matter what, what it's saying. No matter we, what we go through, trials, difficulties, disappointments, uh, I, can, I can trust Jesus. I can do all those things through him because I know that through those things, he is strengthening me. So would you read that with me? Let's, let's do that together. Here we go. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Let's try it again. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now turn your paper over and let's try it again. Here we go. Look up here. I can do all things through Christ with strength. You've done your homework. Before you leave the building, you've already got it done. You probably already memorized that verse because it's a powerful and wonderful verse. I can do all things through Christ. And and that strengthens me. There's a uh, pastor by the name of Leif Anderson. And he was telling the story of of, uh, a young lady that had come to his church. And she was telling the story of missionaries that had come to her her, church. country years before. And uh, in this particular day, they were celebrating the 100th anniversary of missionaries that had come into their village and into their country. And uh, after there had been a day long singing and praising God and reading and sharing the word of God, there was an elderly man that stood up and he insisted on speaking to the crowd of people. And he insisted because he said, I'm going to die soon. And uh, I have to tell my story because if I don't tell my story, I will be taking my story to the grave. And so they were more than happy to let him speak. And uh, as he spoke, he said that 
these missionaries had come into his village years and years ago. And when they came into the village, the elders of the village uh, were, were very, uh, very concerned about the message. And they were very concerned about what they were doing amongst the people. So the elders of the village, what they decided to do was that they would, they would poison the missionaries. And they began to do that. They began to poison, poison them. And over the years, uh, missionary children died one after another. Now, in the process of their death, very painful death, by the way, they didn't, they didn't have a clue what was happening to their children. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what was going on to themselves. But this elderly man said, as we saw them die, we realized, we saw them die for Christ. We, we realized that that's how we wanted to live for Christ. As they saw them suffer and die, they began to realize that there was something powerful in their lives. And what they realized, what was powerful in their lives was Jesus Christ. Now, once again, these missionaries didn't know what was going on, but they didn't quit. They didn't give up. And because they didn't quit and they didn't give up, that village and that country was changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, God's a loving Father. And as a loving Father, He... um, he makes us bold as a loving father. He uh, gives us his perspective. He gives us the power of his word. He gives us his perspective on life. But at the same time, he's always changing our character. God's loving father that strengthens us in trials. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you uh, that you love us enough to strengthen us in those trials. Even though we feel like at times you're abandoning us, That couldn't be further from the truth. And uh, as we go through those trials, Lord, we just pray that uh, we would would be centered in the powerful word of God, that we would understand more and more the upper story, that your perspective on life, and that we would rejoice that you are changing and transforming our character to be more and more like Jesus. We pray for this in his powerful name, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen.